Carroll bringing it forward. Thompson's making the run. Carroll hangs on to it though. Still Davy Carroll. Could go all the way here. Oh, what a goal! I'm Phil Catchpole and you are Ringing the Blues. Coming up on this week's show, we have all the action and reaction from the defeat at the Keepmoat Stadium. There is an interview with former Chairboys Club Secretary Keith Allen. The Beast talks about breaking Wickham records. Plus, I had a chat with the goal threat that's been lurking on the Blues bench for the past few seasons. But first, it's over to the best results announcer in the business. It's Uri from Mexico City. Ringing the Blues from Mexico City. Mi nombre es Uri, and here are the results for League One. Blackpool 2, Ipswich Town 1, Bolton Wanderers 0, Accrington Stanley 0, Bristol Rovers 0, Shrewsbury Town 1, Burton Albion 1, Peterborough United 1, Doncaster Rovers 3, Wycom Wanderers 1. Gillingham 1, AFC Wimbledon 2, Oxford United 2, Southend United 1, Rotterdam United 1, MK Dons 1, Tranmer Rovers vs Fleetwood Town, still pending to be played. And now for Cherboy Spanish this week, you know, I'm getting a little bit worried because the tournament is coming to an end, but there are 10 games left and still all to play for. In Spanish, well, número 10, number 10. 10, 10. Games, juegos. Games, juegos. Play is also juego. So, difficult one. And um, it, it, it sounds like a riddle from the Sphinx, from the Egyptian Sphinx. But I will read it in English and then say it straight in Spanish. There are 10 games left and still a lot to play for. Hay 10 juegos por jugar y aún hay mucho en juego. Well, hoping the best for that promotion. Blues, don't disappoint me. And back to the ringing the blues HQs with my amigo Phil Catchpole. Adios. Many thanks, Uri. Now, last Thursday, I went to see the band Club Paradise play their first ever London gig at Notting Hill Arts Club. The band very kindly allowed me to use their song Closer as the theme tune to this very podcast, and it was great to finally meet them. Make sure you check them out online, Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you find your music. Here's what happened at the gig. It's called Closer, and there's a, there's a blue in the crowd, and I feel... Yeah! Bye! So I use this as a... Song who's amazing with the Wanderers podcast. So, yeah. you listen to that as much as you should have a listen to this right now. So, this, uh, this is called Closer. Here we go.
Buoyed by two consecutive wins in the league, Wickham Wanderers headed to the Keep Moat Stadium on Saturday to take on Doncaster Rovers. It was yet another game affected by the weather. Here's what happened. Not a must win, but I'd like to win, um, but definitely must perform. Um, and that's what, we, uh, that's what we're all about. So as long as the boys have learned from the mistakes in the past, and we'll look back at the Donny game, we'll look back at their recent form and, and see where we think they're weak uh, and what we need to be aware of. Whiteman slides it forwards, and now Magic Gomez has got past Gabe, cuts it back low into the box. Ennis, can he get a shot away? He can, and he scores! Doncaster at the end of the first half here. Wickham couldn't get the ball away, and Ennis, with a very calm finish indeed, drew Ryan Allsop and rolled it into the bottom corner. Doncaster Rovers 1, Wickham Wanderers 0. On your dimmer, on his chest, drops to Akinfenwa, scores! Adebayo Fenwa has broken the record. He's Wickham's top goal scorer in the Football League era and he's levelled it here. Doncaster 1, Wickham 1, the right foot of Adebayo Fenwa. Free kick to Donny. He's whipped into the back post, Sadly is there and it's in! Sadly with the goal, he ghosted him at the back post. He wasn't picked up and Doncaster have got the lead again on 70 minutes. Free kick was whipped in, sadly a side-footed home. Doncaster Rovers 2, Wickham 1. Finds Lakilo on the right wing, up against Jacobson, cuts it back on his left, crosses into the back post and scores. Is it an own goal off McCarthy? I think it might be, or did Lakilo put it in directly? But they're all going to celebrate, even the keeper's come all the way from his goal to celebrate with Lakilo. Could have come off McCarthy at the back post perhaps. Either way, it's definitely gone in and it's 3-1 to Doncaster. Gareth, another blustery game, but you'll be disappointed no doubt with some of the defending from Wickham today. Uh, yeah, you know, it's... Uh... It's a funny game because I thought there was only one team in it first half. I really thought we were much, but much the better team. Um, and they've got they've got a goal at the end, right at the end, 44th minute, which has really been a sucker punch because we probably deserve to come in with something. You know, um, we had some real good chances, and it's the best we've played, I think, going at a team first half. And then second half, we get back in it, um, and there's a huge moment where um, they score from a free kick, uh, and I've looked at it, and it's offside, uh, and. That's really put us on the back foot. If, if the, I think if the assistant referee gets that right, it's a totally different game. That's a big, big moment in the game. And uh, I think uh, I'm an advocate for VAR when I see things like that in uh, in our league because it was, uh, you know, it's a tough one to take. Our line was very good, and there's three Doncaster players the wrong side of us, all offside, and one of them scores. And but you, you know, you can't blame referees. Uh, we uh, we then conceded at the sloppy goal and, and went to pop chasing things, but um, it was uh, it's a game where I thought we were going to get something out of it definitely, uh, especially when we went to one one. Um, but conceding late two is uh, is tough, although you know one of them was tough to take with the uh, with the offside decision. One of those days where it seems the officials weren't popular with anyone in the ground today. No, uh, and you know obviously we got a lot of free kicks. We do. We, my players are, are, are quick and, and and they get you know they get a lot of uh, physical tackles on them. And and but in the end of the day, uh, I think Doncaster can be uh, feel very lucky they got a decision right in their favour, and it was a 
it was a, a game-changing one. Um, but you know, it's uh, they're a good side. They're, it's a tough place to come, um, and we've got to got to take it on the chin now and, uh, and make sure that next week. We, uh, we work really hard in, in resting our mental and physical sides. We've got a full week then to prepare for Burton uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing what we can achieve in these last 10 games. Uh, we have to mention the big man, Akinfen, we're 2-2 two two for him now and, uh, and the record outright Wickham's top goal scorer in the Football League era. No, absolutely fantastic, you know, what a character. Um, like I say, he's, uh, he's passionate in there, he's, he's gutted. Yeah, he's, he's really gutted, but... Um, He's, uh, he's been on the end of a losing team, but at the end of the day, he's, uh, he's broke, you know, our, our, our football league goal-scoring record, and, and that's that's a special moment for him. I'm very proud, and very proud to be the manager that um, that has seen all those goals, and not bad for a signing that was labelled as a bit of a <laughs> an advertising or, or a media gimmick. He's uh, he's, he's paid more than uh, more than he's, he's he's worth back, you know. And, yeah, he's, he's vital to the team, so last 10 games, I'm sure the rest will do him good. He's, he's been really struggling with his knee, but um, I thought he was, uh, he was exceptional again with his goal today. Uh, no game next weekend for Wickham Wanderers. Does, does that make it harder to get over a defeat when you have a week off afterwards? Uh, i tell you after Burton. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, sometimes you need to get away and sometimes you want to get right back on it. The good thing is that I'll have a week to uh, pick the bones out of that video and, uh, and make sure that when they do turn out against Burton, we've, uh, we take our chances. Because we had some today, you know, I thought Paul had a great chance first off, Anthony's second half, and, uh, and, and, and no, I'm not having to go at those two. I'm just saying we created some great chances, some great opportunities. And, uh, and I want to say in the last 10 games, we're going to have to be ruthless and, and make sure that these chances go in the goal um, because those two players deserve goals today. I think it was, uh, was good at the back and Paul was brilliant on the wing. Um, but we, uh, we always do create chances, set plays, we're good. Um, just, just one of those, you know, we, we, we were at Doncaster away and we're, we're devastated that getting beat. Um, how long we have come in a year, it's, uh, it's phenomenal and uh, I'm proud and thank you to the fans. They clapped us all off and uh, they saw the effort. Next Saturday, will you be uh, constantly looking at the results uh, and the goals going in, or will you be uh, relaxing somewhere and coming to it later on? I'll be constantly looking at the results, but I'll be relaxed, because I know it's still in our hands. We can win six or seven of these games remaining. We'll have a real chance of achieving something special this season. Um, it's, uh, it's still well open. Results have gone very kind today. Um, let's hope they go kind next week, and we can come back against Burton with a, you know, with a flurry and, uh, and maintain this top six position. Doncaster Rovers have been in mid-table for most of the season, but the win against Wickham Wanderers have given them a glimmer of the playoffs, perhaps. They came into the game on the back of two straight defeats, and here's what their fans thought after the win against Wickham Wanderers. Into the empty net. A great win, that. Well earned. Some nice goals, and we dealt with a cynical Wickham side and a bawling referee yet again. I was disappointed with Wickham. They were full of antics, didn't possess much quality, and had no effective game plan until Akin Fenwer came on. Looked very ordinary rather than a top three side. PDX Rover. How the ref didn't give that penalty at the end, I'll never know. It was as clear a penalty as you'll ever see. Goal did him for pace, 
and he just hacked him down. Referee was well positioned too. There's no decision to make. It was a penalty a hundred times over. Philo. That referee was an utter disgrace. Gave Wickham everything. There's no doubt in my mind, if that penalty had been at the other end, he would have given it. IDM. Wickham were going down like they'd been shot at every single contact. Cross Paul. I've never seen football players go down like pensioners on a cobblestone road like they did. It happened every time we went near them. And as for the ref, if he claims a wage, he needs a mask on. John Coyle. Glad I'm not a Wickham fan. Okay, they still could go up. But their spoiling tactics and play acting are a total disgrace. Andrew. Comfortable win for Donny, that. They started slowly, but then nullified the visitors' threat and were clinical up top. I was a bit underwhelmed by Wickham. I expected more. Daniel Nice. We've been robbed a few times by Wickham in recent years. And for a minute it looked like they would nick another point off us. If they get promotion, I'll eat my hat. Dedication, dedication, dedication. That's what you need if you want to be the best. And if you want to be the rest, dedication's what you need. Well, Wickham's goal was scored by Adebayo Akinfenwa, which was his 54th for Wickham Wanderers, which made him the outright top goal scorer in the Football League era in all competitions for Wickham Wanderers. After the game, I spoke to the beast. Bayo, team defeat today, but from a personal perspective, you created a bit of Wickham Wanderers history today. You must get some immense pride from that. Yeah, and that, I guess it will come later on, because right now, not that, and I don't want you to take it out of contents, but... It's not that it means nothing, but the three points is most important. I keep saying that individual awards, that's beautiful at the end of your career. You sit back and look back at it, and, and I will. At the end of my career, I'll look back at all my achievements and with a smile. But right now, I can only look at, we lost the game in the manner of us losing the game. And um, I felt like we should have kicked on and won the game. So I get we're going to talk about the, the, the goal I scored or whatever I did. But ultimately, it's, it's hard to embrace it because I'm disappointed that we lost the game it was a well taken goal blustery out there as well but a calm head at the right time yeah listen I mean it was good um, I, I remember it was the ball came in second phase which we said where Gaffer said listen keep the ball alive I remember I think Fred had a shot and then it came back to me and luckily I put it in the bottom, bottom corner which was good got us back on level terms which that was the attention from coming off the bench and then just disappointing disappointed we didn't kick on disappointed that we didn't allow it enough time for them to hit back to, for them to wobble so of course we an, 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 analyse the game now and that's on the forefront the, the disappointing the loss um, but eventually down the line we've got two weeks until our next game and I guess in a couple of days I'll, I'll embrace the, the achievement I've done but like I said it's, we lost the game so I'm disappointed is it tough as a player to go into a break on a defeat because it gives you time to, to maybe stew on it? Um, yeah or no. Um, look, the way I am is 
we ain't got a game for two weeks and that's it. Can't change that. So, you know, you, you've got to try and take the positives and we'll go away and we'll try and get our legs back, especially me. Um, try and get my legs back and then go again. Look, we've got 10 games. Um, I, I do think even before the result, um, this was a real good time for the break and, and we'll go. Um, sometimes you want a, a game to come fast and quick so you can put things right, but it's not. So we'll take the positives by going away. Um, putting football to the back burner for a couple of days and come back hungry, waiting for or looking forward to the Burton game. Ten games to go, Wickham are right in the mix. Yeah. Um, most pundits and people who talk about the game don't mention Wickham, they seem to have written them off, but that suits you, doesn't it? You're used to that kind of thing. Yeah, listen, it's not about them. I keep saying it's not about them. Um, it's not about any other team around us. It's what we do. Um, and that's what we've done all season. So people can write us off. It's uh, Literally, we haven't... We really don't have a problem about us. It's what we put in on the training ground and what we put in on game day. Um, so it's us. So come the end of the season, at, at, um, we're going to be where we're meant to be. And I keep saying that. Um, we're not, we don't get too high when we win games. We don't get too low when we lose games. That's how we've been all season. So we're in and around it. Um, I got told about the results. Um, people would say it went fast. But for us, it's all about us. And we'll only concentrate about us. And the next game is Burton. And we'll go in there full, ste- full steam ahead. A few people said when you signed for Wickham, it was just a PR thing to sell shirts or social media. But here we are, 54 goals later, club legend. Yeah, don't know about club legends, but 54 goals later. Listen, I, mean, I sat down with the gaffer, I think, last week. And, you know, he asked me, you know, has, has it gone better than what I thought it was? And I keep saying when I came in, I, I had a point to prove. Um, you know, not I'm going to say to myself, but just a point to prove to say, listen, I, I can still play this game. Um, I'd be lying if I figured I'd score 54 goals at my age. Um, but listen, I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm not so good at. I, I always said this and I try and concentrate at what I'm good at. So don't get it twisted. I'm, I'm blessed and I'm honoured. I said this when I equaled Nathan Tyson's record and then to beat him, um, listen, I'm, I'm honoured um, and I will 100% sit back and embrace this, you know, when the time is right. But, for me, the time's not right right now. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed and I'm honoured. 54 and counting, by the way. Oh, you better know that, yeah. I ain't stopping now. 54 and counting. I've got to set my own record now, you know what I'm saying? But no, nah, 54 and counting. Uh, and there's still, there's still a little bit more miles in his legs and this head of mine sort of thing. So yeah, 54 and counting. Wickham are looking for a winning goal here at Filbert Street. Royce... Knocks it down and away from the point of immediate danger. It is! It's Isango! The player who's only on a week-to-week contract. This is an incredible story. Keith Allen was the Wickham Wanderers secretary and company secretary for nearly 12 years and joined the Chairboys in 1999. He's a much-loved figure around the club and it was great to meet him at Adams Park the other week. Brilliantly, you can see Keith celebrating with Laurie Sanchez in the tunnel at Filbert Street as Wickham scored late on to knock Leicester out of the FA Cup in 2001. I had to start our chat by asking him how that situation came about. Well... <laughs> What happened was we should have had a penalty, actually. Uh, Stefan Oakes handled the ball. Laurie got very excited and exchanged words with the linesman, sorry, assistant referee now, and he was sent off to go into a little room under the stair, under the stand to watch it on the television. I was sitting next to the chairman in the director's box, and he said, uh, Keith, you better go down and stay with him to stop him going back out again. 
So I went down and stood with him in the in the box in the uh, little room where he was watching the television, and we scored the goal, and that was what was on television for the next ten years. <laughs> the sight of Eason though heading the ball into the back of the net. Iconic scenes for Wickham fans, but you and Laurie and Laurie and his Mac in the tunnel around that 14-inch TV under the belly of the stand at Filbert Street, I think, is up there, I think, with Eason Doe scoring. It's synonymous with that time at the club. Can I, can I just interrupt you? Sorry, you're the boss, but I'll just interrupt you because <laughs> the story was better than that. The ball was played out wide and Roy Essendoe didn't chase it. And Laurie turned round to me and said something I can't repeat. We then moved on a little bit. The ball's played a couple of times. It went out and was crossed for Jamie Bates. He headed it back, and Roy Essendon scored the winning goal. And Laurie and I were jumping up and down, hugging each other, which was missed by the television camera, and they just caught the end of it. It just goes to show, what do we know about football then? You're berating a player one minute to not chasing the ball down. The next minute, he's scoring possibly the most famous goal in the club's history. Well, it was the only goal he ever scored for Wickham. Nice fellow, though. There's so many versions of the story of, of Roy coming to Wickham Wanderers. You'd have known the ins and outs exactly. Teletext, internet, you know, what was it? How did it all work at the time? Well, it was in my office and I was sitting with Laurie and uh, Terry Gibson in my office and uh, we hadn't got a forward, not a forward. Alan Hutchinson, bless him, came in and Laurie, I think as a joke, said, we ought to advertise on Teletext for a centre-forward. The next thing we know, Alan Hutchinson, who was a great bloke and a very good uh, very good friend to the club for many, 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 many years, he put it on Teletext. And the rest, as I say, is history. Well, fabulous times. Keith, I'm just looking at your role of honour for Wickham Wanderers. Two relegations, two promotions, two major cup semi-finals and two changes of club constitution, all under your reign at the club. You have so many stories you must be able to tell us about Wickham Wanderers. don't think you've got time and maybe one or two people ought to move on before I can tell them. <laughs> Fair enough. Let's start with how you arrived at Adams Park. I mean, it's well documented. You're a, an Aston Villa fanatic, but you must hold the chair boys very close to your heart as well now. Well, I watched every game they played by bar two uh, in over 11 years. So you become a supporter and I watch, I follow every kick, but sadly not at the game because I do other things on a Saturday. But I, I watch every... Every, when every goal goes in, I know within seconds. So how did you end up at Adams Park, Keith? Well, I was, uh, I, I was director of a company in the construction industry. I'd been in senior non-league football for 28 years. I got fed up of being a sales director because I was too old. Uh, and I dropped either a line with my CV on it because the secretary had just been dismissed. And he invited me down for an interview. <clears throat> went for an interview with Ivor and John Goldsworthy three days later, uh, and they offered me the job. Went home and told me why. She said, how much is the money? And it was about two-thirds of what I was currently earning. <laughs> so, so her answer was, we can't afford it. Uh, we then went to a match, and Wickham played Reading, and they beat Reading 5-3 in October 1999 and Sean Devine got a hat-trick and when the third goal went in she turned to me and she said you've got to take this job 
and that was it. It's a funny old game, isn't it? Football, what it makes you do. In all that time at the club, like we, that list of things I've just read out, I mean, there must be some highlights that, that really stick out for you. Bar the FA Cup covered that one. Uh, talk to us about some other highlights of your time. Well, the best game I saw was the quarterfinal at... Um, uh, no, it wasn't the quarterfinal. It was the, the last 16 game at Wimbledon, where we lost about four times in the same game. That was the famous penalty game, and uh, it was it was an unbelievable experience. We took the penalties were taken at, at Sellers Park against Wimbledon with me and Laurie leaning on the dugout looking at the crowd. We didn't watch the penalties. Uh, Jamie Bates kept coming across and telling us what happened. That actually uh, that actually sticks in the memory. And one other one was just after Andy Rammel joined us. We beat. Um, we came from behind to beat Brentford 5-3 in a league game and that was a tremendous experience um, because I hadn't been at the club that long and the support that day was unbelievable. A lot of the older supporters will remember that game. We mentioned earlier two changes in club constitution. Uh, Wickham have recently changed again, gone from fan ownership to a majority stakeholder now with a, a company led by Rob Kuhig. I mean, you've seen a lot of the off-the-field uh, stuff that goes on in football and especially at Wickham Wanderers. Um, any advice for the new coming in after taking it on from the fan ownership? Well, I was company secretary as well and when I took over it was a company limited by guarantee. The members voted the board in every year. Uh, then Steve Hayes took them over and became a limited company. Steve Hayes then made it a PLC. It then went back to a limited company um it's it's not an easy job i've got no ad- <laughs> i've got no advice for them apart from the fact is that it's virtually impossible to break even if you want to remain competitive it's an expensive game um and uh i think they've got a good background uh, they they're obviously businessmen They've come in at a good time. The team are doing well. We've got a very stable management. I've met the new people. They're great people. Uh, I'm fully confident that they are committed to the club. Um, Couldn't possibly give them any advice um, other than eventually the books have got to be balanced, else it's going to cost you a lot of money. Yeah, well, football, it does seem to, to generate lots of losses, especially in the Championship, which is where Wickham are aiming to get this season. Back then, Wasps did come in at Adams Park. They came in and they were they were almost run as, as the same club, weren't they? And, and that caused its own problems. Well, when Steve Hayes took over, he he put a lot of time, money and effort into the club. Um, he did some great things at the club. He actually moved us on, really, to the next level. Uh, Ivor remained chairman, but, but Steve was chucking his money in, uh, and Steve had got a lot of contacts and a lot of ideas. Uh, London Wasps were with us. They called themselves London Wasps for 10 years. Uh, they were our tenants. Um, but towards the end, Steve wanted London Wasps and Wickham Wanderers to be one club, uh, in fact, we had a couple of chief executives who were chief executives of both. Um, sadly for Steve, it didn't work. Um, and the, 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 we just moved on from that. 
um, and uh, went back to being Wiccan Wanderers on their own and was eventually left. Yeah, we see what's going on now at Coventry and, and Coventry City. Wiccan will be playing Coventry soon at St Andrews. And I think a lot of fans maybe look at that situation and think, well, that could quite easily have been Wiccan Wanderers. Can you imagine a future had Steve been successful with that stadium, what, what things would be like now? Well, I, I found Steve Hayes to be 100% committed to Wiccan Wanderers Football Club. I think everything he did, he wanted the best for the club. The tangle up with wasps didn't do any, anybody any favours. And I do honestly believe that if we'd have moved to that new stadium, Steve would have ensured that the football club were well looked after. Now, we talked about the championship. Wickham, 11 games to go as we speak, Keith. They could quite easily be in the championship next season. Back in 1999, when he first wrote that letter to Ivor Beeks, would you have believed a club of Wickham size to be able to get up there? No, not really. It's a different world now to what it was in those days, really. Uh, my That Reading game I was telling you earlier on about pulled us to ninth in League One, well, what is now League One. And Laurie Sanchez, bless him, was one of my six managers, of course, was very, very... Um, ambitious to get the club into the championship or League One as it was in those days and um, that was his ambition and that's what the meetings were about round about the time of the FA Cup run is how can we elevate the club into the championship so that was the ambition in those days sadly it didn't it didn't work out um, and we we drifted back but uh, Personally, I think Wickham Wanderers uh, are a League One club now that League One. Uh, most of the time I spent at Wickham, we were in League One. We dropped into League Two a couple of times, but most of the time we're at League One. The next step is huge. Um, I am. I watch a lot of Championship football. I'm sent by the AFL to tick boxes on their behalf at televised matches. Watch a lot of Championship football and the the difference is huge and I know that the manager knows that and I'm sure that the the new owners know that as well. It'll be a hell of a big step. Well one of the clubs um, vying for promotion along with Wickham are a little bit off the pace at the moment but it's a it's a league that can change very quickly. We've seen that. It's Ipswich Town and Paul Lambert. And Paul Lambert, of course, is one of the managers that you worked with at your time at, at Wickham Wanderers. And he had great success, especially in the Cup, the League Cup semi-final run as well, which culminated in this two-legged semi-final against Chelsea. Great to see Paul Lambert back at Adams Park earlier this season. Yes, it is. I, I always got on all right with Paul. No, no major problems with, uh, with Paul. Um, he's... Uh, he he had two seasons at Wickham, uh, and he was given a reasonable budget to get us up. We got to the playoffs one year, and failed to get to the playoffs another year, uh, and he moved. In fairness to him, he wasn't sacked. He moved of his own volition. He just uh, he just said, if you if you can't meet my ambitions, I think. You can't meet my ambitions. I'm off, and he didn't move to another job. He had a while before he moved to Colchester, and um, he, he did really well at Colchester and then Norwich. 
but he did he did leave Wickham without another job to go to. So so good luck to him. Yeah, it's going to be tight, I think, at the uh, end of the season, and Ipswich will be hoping that they'll be involved somewhere along the line. A lot of the people um, to do with the club, but I've spoken to on this podcast who, who've, who've worked at the club and moved on, or, or players, staff alike, they always talk about the the special bond and the affinity they have with Wickham Wanderers, Keith. Can you explain that, how that plays a part in your life and, and try and explain what it actually means? Because a lot of people I know who know I'm a big fan of Wickham, they ask me, what is it about Wickham Wanderers? What is it, Keith? What's so special well, about I walk, it? I walked, I've been in non-league football all my life and so had, it, so had Wickham Wanderers. And I walked into Wickham Wanderers at the age of 50 to take over as secretary um, and company secretary as well. And um, the minute I walked through the door, I and my wife were made wonderfully welcome. It was a family club. Everybody loved the club. The club loved everybody. And uh, it's the tightest knit community I've ever been involved in in football. As with all families, there was arguments and discussions and uh, fallings out. But at the end of the day, everybody there were part of a big family. And that's never changed. And I've been left now nearly nine years. And I was welcomed last Saturday uh, as a returning relative from abroad. Uh, everybody was wonderful. Um, and I was really, really touched at the way we were received. It is a family club. It'll always remember remain a family club. And I'm confident the new owners will keep it that way. Keith, what do you get up to these days? Because you're still active in the game. Very, very much so. I, I The EFL, as I mentioned earlier on, send me to televised live matches. They call me a televised match manager. But all I do is tick boxes. I don't do much managing. Um, I'm also on the FA judicial panel. Uh, and various other panels at the uh, at the FA. So I sit on a lot of disciplinary hearings, betting, doping, red cards, all sorts of things. Uh, and that gets me out and about a couple of times a week. Um, I've obviously got the family. Uh, love my cricket, but I don't see as much as that as I like to. So I'm very, very busy. I'm also the president of the Southern Football League. Uh, and that keeps me busy as well. So I'm a very busy man, but I intend to die on my feet. I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to stop working. And you're based down on the south coast as well, so you read quite a lot about the uh, League One promotion race. Well, my son <laughs> is the chief sports writer on the Portsmouth News, and he watches Portsmouth every match, home and away, and has done for 18 years. Uh, I tell him he believes their publicity too much. Uh, and that he's biased, they are convinced that they are the biggest club in the league and they're definitely going to get promoted. I have it rammed down my throat every day. But every time they win, they're the best club in the world. And every time they lose, they're the worst club in the world. And there's there's nothing in between. <laughs> and Sunderland are the same, and so are Ipswich. The thing about Wickham is that the expectations there are not as high. Uh, Portsmouth will be devastated if they don't get promoted this year. Wickham will realise we've had a wonderful season and we move on. Gareth alludes to the, the pressure uh, on, on his opponents at the top end of the table at the moment. And I think what you just said there underlines it. He, he hasn't got anything to lose, really, has he? Wickham don't have anything to lose at this stage of the season. 
absolutely nobody expected us to be there. I do suspect that most people deep down don't think we'll get promoted. Uh, I, I keep saying to everybody who asks me, don't write us off. The, te- the, the, the spirit and the team are so tight. Don't write us off. Wouldn't surprise me if we did go up. Um, but when you look at the size of the clubs up there and the budgets and the support that they get, it will be a major, major achievement. What what Gareth has done already is a major achievement. Uh, if ever we made the playoffs, that would be a tremendous achievement. Um, and if if we got automatic promotion, it will be the greatest achievement of all time, I think. No, I agree with you on that one. I've got to ask you about Villa because Wickham played Villa in the FA Cup a few seasons back. Did you have to sit on the halfway line, Keith? No, I sat in the director's box. I, I, I've I been an Aston Villa supporter since I first watched them uh, on an uncovered Holt End in 1959. My house is called Holt End. And the um, when we played the Villa, we played them twice while I was there. Um, and although I am one of the world's biggest Aston Villa supporters... I wanted the team to win that was paying my wages, and that was Wickham Wanderers. Sadly, we didn't, but it was good. We we were winning at half-time in one of the games. Yeah, we won't talk about the final score that night, but the other season, (laughs) after you left the club, we had them in the FA Cup, a a draw at Adams Park and a replay at Villa Park, and and a great time to go back to Villa Park and reopen all those FA Cup memories from the semi-final. Well, one of my proudest (laughs) possessions was given to me by Lisa Lisa Belcher, who was my right-hand lady when I was at Wickham. And it's a 50-50 scarf. And I hate 50-50 scarves, but this scarf is half Aston Villa, half Wickham Wanderers, which sums sums up my later life. Well, Keith, I think that's a fantastic place to leave it. It's great to speak to you and get your memories and thoughts on on Wickham Wanderers as well. And uh, we hope to see you at Adams Park again very soon. Perhaps this season, maybe in the playoffs. You never know. Well, if they get to the playoffs, I should definitely be there. Um, I was there when they lost us to South End of all clubs in the in the playoffs a couple of years ago. Uh, and it was a miserable journey home on the train. Well, Keith, all the best, and we'll see you soon. Cheers, Phil. Ta-da. Now, trialists come and trialists go. They come and go. They come and go. Well, last week, Wickham announced that defender Paco Craig has signed a one-month deal at Adams Park. He went straight into the team that faced Hungerford Town in the Berks and Bucks Cup alongside trialist centre-back Errol Alkin. The Blues won 3-0 on their return to the famous old competition, but it was another trialist, this one with a familiar face, that stole the glory by popping up with a goal. Head of Sports Science Dave Waits was a second-half substitute and grabbed his first goal for the club, and I asked him to talk me through it. I had a chance a little bit earlier and completely flaffed that one. So when another one kind of fell to me, Nick Freeman was actually on my left and and called for it. But with having just missed the other one, I thought I, I needed to atone. So I just um, it, it just sat kind of nice and and hit it and looked up and it was in the back of the net. So I turned around and ran off and all the boys came running over towards me and uh, with big smiles on their faces and yeah, enjoyable moment. And the celebration uh, was premeditated, I believe. Uh, yeah, so when wearing the yellow kit, I have been told that I look like Big Bird from Sesame Street. And so there's a staff request that if I scored, that I was to do the Big Bird celebration, which is kind of the arms out eagle wave. 
if I'm sure when you scored, I would imagine was the answer to that. I, well, I, I, thought, I said to Connor on the bus actually on the way up that I thought I would. I, there was a, a chance of me playing up front, and you know, I, I thought there might be a chance. The last 30 minutes of the game, and, and a team like Hungerford are, are going to have given their all, and it might open up a little bit. So it was an ideal time to kind of come on and had a couple of chances fortunately so uh, you've been at Wickham for, for quite some time I mean who knew this goal scoring talent was on the bench all along well I've always trained for this been for about six years that I've been here with the first team and I've always trained and, and been a body in, in numerous positions I've played everywhere in, in training in 11 v 11 and just at, at this moment it was handy to have a couple of extra bodies myself and Josh Hart obviously were uh, included in the squad just to help out with the numbers and, and help the boys get through the game. Uh, you do great work here for Wickham Wanderers with the players um, but obviously your goal has been seen now on Twitter has your agent's phone been ringing off the hook since then? Well I don't have an agent funny enough but Connor maybe uh, might be able to fix better with a move in the future. Maybe. Well Dave if we need you between now and the end of the season I'm sure you'll be ready. Yes I will be. Right that's your lot for this week many thanks to Vital Len, Club Paradise, Keith Allen, Adebayo Wacking Fenworth David Waits and you for listening in. No pod next week as there is sadly no Chairboys game. Come on you Blues and come to think of it, come on everyone else who's playing our promotion rivals.